Welcome back to Soaring Life Radio Podcast number 32, where physical therapy, nutrition, and lifestyle meet because how you live your life determines whether or not you soar. And we inspire you with information and actionable steps so you can reduce pain, optimize healing, and improve your function naturally at work, at home, in life, and especially during recovery from injury or surgery and painful conditions. This is a podcast for the open-minded, obstinate, need not apply. Today, we are going to do something a little bit different. Normally, it's just me blabbering on to you all about something interesting. But today, I have my friend, Dr. Katanya Taylor, who will be interviewing me um, about my Soar into Healing program, recovering from orthopedic injury or surgery. All right. Welcome, Katanya Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I'm looking forward to having our conversation today. So take it away. All right. Well, thanks for having me. I'm Katanya Taylor. I'm a doctor of oriental medicine here in Reno and a colleague and friend of Carolyn's. And I am here to, because I'm really excited about our new program and I wanted to talk to you about this. But let's start off first of all. I don't know how many of your readers, I'm sure in your podcast you are reading segments of your book, right? I have completed the segment so far. Yeah. So a lot of them are probably familiar with it. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to ask you a few questions about it. Tell me a little bit about what made you want to write this book. Well, after our um, transition for our family, gosh, are we closing closing in on five years ago? Um, I started to notice changes not only in our family, but in my patient care setting. Um, and so it prompted me to start putting it together because I kept researching all of the information um, because my husband's an orthopedic surgeon and people are telling him, if you eat red meat, you're going to die of a heart attack. And I was like, well, we don't want that. Let's just make sure if that's really true or not. So I started collecting a lot of uh, research on the principles. Um, And then I was trying to figure out how can I convey all of this scientific literature in a usable manner, a simple usable manner to apply not only to everyday life, but to the healing process, but also to how raising family, you know, raising children. Um, And so that's what started this book writing. It was really more therapeutic for me to share that information but it really was when I'm interacting with a patient I wanted to be able to say do this these things Mm -hmm. and you will have dramatic improvements in your ability to heal in whatever condition that is Um, so that's what started the book was we made our family life changes we noticed some pretty uh, significant improvements Um, then I started trying to apply the same principles to my clinical practice um, and notice some pretty dramatic things that I share some of those clinical cases Mm -hmm. um, in my book. And then I wanted to share my experience and I started blogging about it um, and put it into this book. So it can be kind of an educational piece where I found taking the complicated information and making it user friendly. Mm I like how you use so many, um, do you call them acronyms or acronyms. making yep. things simple and breaking them down into, you know, maybe it's not as easy as we think, but at least you're making them simple and breaking yes. them down into simple. Stuff. Can you give us a couple examples of those acronyms, acronyms you use in your book? Well, one, I actually was going to title the book, um, gosh, it was going to be KISS, uh-huh. Keep It Simple Stupid, uh-huh. <laughs> or straight, Keep It Simple and Straightforward. Um, that was something that my father used to say when we were growing up and that I wanted to use those same principles that 
finding the simple solution is actually, in fact, not the easiest thing always, but um, simple nonetheless. Mm -hmm. So I, um, that was one of them. There was another one in there, FUBAR, um, effed up beyond all recognition, which is kind of has history in um, the military and trauma surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was funny to me, too, because it kind of, that's kind of where I feel like we, we are as a population, that we just start to, we're just so screwed up from a health perspective mm-hmm. that we don't even know what's normal anymore because right. it's become so normal to be sick. Yeah. And so those were some of, some of them. Now, SOAR, um, actually, when I left the hospital um, to start my own private practice, was the name of my private practice, mm-hmm. physical therapy. And it, SOAR stands for Spine Orthopedic Active Rehab. But I liked the dual meaning both of the acronym, um, but also of the word itself, to, mm-hmm. ri- to um, rise above the usual level, which was really how I felt from a health perspective physical therapy perspective with making these lifestyle changes and apparent was that we're just going up we're we're elevating from this normal what we consider this normal level taking it to the next level yep so it really started in your family and didn't you say at the beginning of the book that it's kind of a memoir sort of for your kids to have and absolutely it was um as we made our own changes um i felt like we were making these changes, but the rest of the world, particularly in the healthcare world, I wasn't seeing the same um, rapid change that I would have expected based on the information I was finding. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really wanted something that the kids could go back and be able to read and understand that when they, I mean, I don't, my kids just notice we do what we do. And I don't know that they notice that they're really different per se. Um, they just make different choices and we respect that. But I did want them one day, if they stopped and they really looked around, how come I'm the only one that's not doing this? Right. That they had an understanding of where um, my husband and I were coming from. Right. You know, the why. Right. And then it became a good, great, you know, source to hand to your patients. And Absolutely. I've tried to make it understandable, mm-hmm. readable, yet have enough information that someone could even take it to their doctor and say, I... I heard that I needed this much vitamin D and I don't, my job doesn't allow me to get out into the sunshine. Mm-hmm. Can you help me understand how to do that? You know, so that they had enough information and enough science to back them up. Mm-hmm. You go a lot in, in your book, as well as your program that we'll get into in just a minute here, you go a lot into social connection, Absolutely. stress and lifestyle and the way we live and the way we think. Can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about why that's so important to you? Um, I think it was, um, I spent, Speak to it personally. I think I share a story personally. I think probably the most important part about that connect that connectability had to do with how we approach stress. Um, and as healthcare providers, we know how bad every stress, all the stress in your life is, and how it builds up. And I th- believe it was Kelly McGonigal, yep, who is a PhD, and she wrote um, the upside of stress. And she writes how do, how you think about something can transform its effect on you. And for me. Um, as I was going through my own transformation, that was a huge revelation because I struggled with parenting, not because I don't love my children, but it always um, 
stressed me out, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Which I don't know that is really that abnormal, right. but it may stress one person out more than it might mm-hmm. another. And so as I was trying to eat well, and I'm trying to sleep, and I'm exercising, and I was trying all these different meditations, I was like, but I'm still freaking stressed mm-hmm. all the time. And so I had, when I read Kelly McGonigal's book, it really opened my eyes to, you know, the effect you expect is the effect you get. And we're telling our patients, you know, you got to reduce your stress, Mm -hmm. but they're in these complicated situations in their lives that they really either don't have control over or they have more control over than they realize. Mm -hmm. And you're just trying to find little bits and pieces that can fit in, but that it's about approaching it and then looking at if something stresses you out, it might be reminding you to reach out to connect to another person, either in a similar situation or a confidant. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I call in the book, originally that section was called Soar On. It was purpose and connection, which had to do with that stress resilience piece. It could be meditation if that was like you're saying. It could be, you know, your immediate community or your friends or your family or church or prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, But that it has you can very much personalize that piece for somebody. As and far it, as how you deal with the stress. Mm-hmm. How you deal with it and how you look at it and just reminding you that no, it's not killing you unless you really think it's killing you. Right. And so one of the biggest things, like you say, all the doctors and healthcare providers are all telling us that stress is the, you know, the, the root of all disease, which yep. to a large extent it is. But I think we are so stressed about being stressed, right? Exactly. And we're stressed about things that are just our life. Right? Like, I can't all of a sudden not be a parent. Mm -hmm. And if I'm sitting here worried so much that it's stressing me out that I can't relieve the stress. I mean, it's like this vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. And so... um, So to look more positively at stress sometimes. To change your your view of it. And actually, and uh, Kelly McGonigal talks about it and we talk about it a little more. Stress is a part of life. Mm -hmm. And life without stress is really rather boring. Right. You know, it, the stress helps you learn. It it reminds you to reach out to people, to connect to the earth, you know, maybe to pray. And, and it's not that it is all bad. Right. You know, there there is stress that actually helps produce a change or a connection versus stress that's really damaging. I mean, I, like I think I talked about, you know, if you broke a leg, I mean, that type of physical stress mm-hmm. requires medical attention. Or if you really are an abusive um, relationship or... Um, some severe trauma, you need to reach out for for help. Uh, But I do believe that we are much more resilient than we give ourselves credit and that not all stress is created equal. Mm -hmm. And one thing, and it's how we look at it, right? Mm -hmm. And finding, it's not so much always finding the positive as much as like acknowledging that it's just there. I think I shared another story. I remember we uh, we live in the country and our, our oldest son, was really attached to this one cat Mm -hmm. and we had a really hard time keeping all the cats inside. And so he would go outside and he went missing and we were sure a coyote got him or something like that. And we were getting ready to go to school and he was just desperate to find his cat. And so he kept looking and he ended up finding him and he was already dead. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, I mean, I've never seen him cry and scream horrendously, but it was, one of those things where I just had to stop. Like, this was incredibly stressful for him and for me, and we just needed a moment to acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that I needed to medicate it away. I didn't need to give him ice cream. Mm-hmm. Um, we stopped there and said, okay, this is that moment. 
this is really stressful and this is really sad and we're just going to sit here and acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. I let him cry it out and I gave him a hug and I was like, you know, if we can't make it to school, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll deal with that. But I think it was it was me that moment. I was just taking a moment like, okay, this is part of life. Like, let's just acknowledge it and deal with it and not try to, you know, get it away or life is too hard and we'll never get another pet or... Um, like I said, I think a lot of, I, in the past though, I would have been, all right, let's go get you some ice cream. Right. We got to get rid of this feeling. We got to get rid of this feeling when I was like, you know, but this is, I'm just going to be here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make space for it. Yep. So that was really transformative for me personally. And I think as a healthcare provider, like you mentioned it, if we keep telling everybody life is too stressful and it's making you sick, like everyone's going to be sick. Right. <laughs> They're just going to be so stressed out because they yeah. can't get their, they can't wrap their head around how to get rid of the stress. Yeah. So, and there's the idea also of you stress, which like you were kind of speaking of a little bit is that, you know, some things are a positive stressor on our bodies, like muscle building, you know, yep. we tear down muscle yep. to make it stronger. Yep. And, you know, so there's a lot of things maybe not looking at always the silver lining or, um, you know, trying to make the stress okay, but what, what can we learn from it maybe too? Oh, absolutely. I just think for a mother or, you know, for, I would say for moms, we're both moms, just realizing that a little bit of relief from, okay, you're not always going to get everything perfect. You are going to have stress and stress is normal. That is such a relief sometimes. Oh yeah. And that it's okay. Mm -hmm. And this is part of learning. And in fact, as part of this connection, you know, that sore on part, it really is that growth potential. Um, and for me, from a personal perspective, how I've grown since writing the book too is, you know, if something's stressful, it's okay, mm-hmm. but you have to look at it. As, is there potential for me to grow from this experience or mm-hmm. working this hard or this relationship? Am I getting, I mean, is there something that I'm have the potential to grow from? Mm-hmm. Um, because clearly there are stressful situations where if there is no growth or there's in fact true damage, then we have to try to find a way to remove ourselves or get access to help. But I would say that that's more rare. Mm-hmm. Um, it happens for sure. We need as healthcare providers to help keep our eyes out for things that really are more abusive and dangerous right. as compared to, okay, maybe we just need to communicate differently mm-hmm. or we're in, or, um, maybe you need a hug or maybe, you know, there's a lot of that with particularly with kids. I mean, I, and this book, I mean, I wrote it for my kids to be able to read and to be quite honest, I probably wouldn't be on this journey if I hadn't been a parent. Right. Absolutely. It has forced me into thinking about things very differently than if mm-hmm. it was just me alone. Totally. Yeah. As well as all, all of my patients too. Right. I mean, coming into my patient care setting too. I mean, I can't, it's a part of when people come to me, they talk about these same lifestyle principles because it does in fact improve your ability to heal or mm-hmm. not heal. Well, you saw the changes in your own family and then you see, you know, changing children at a younger age, getting to, you know, the bottom of their health and and creating good habits can help so much down the road. Like you and I talked a lot about in my program is that, you know, when they're older and those habits set in, it gets a lot harder to change. Absolutely. So, and you're, you're trying to develop the the habit of listening to their body. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily, I I think a lot of people look at it as being selfish. And I said, but if, if a person can't take care of themselves well, Mm -hmm. they're not going to be able to take care of another person or do a job 
or raise a child if, if they're not able to start to listen in on that. Right. And that, that habit really does start young. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So tell me about why you sort of made a little bit of the shift. You talk a lot about your patients and using your book in your clinic and you know having a resource and really wanting to bring this other piece into your physical therapy clinic and your physical therapy practice. So talk a little bit about what made you kind of make that shift towards your new program, which is now geared more towards um, healing and recovery with injury and surgery. So talk about that that shift that you made a little bit. So after I wrote my book, um, I went back to school um, to get my master's degree in holistic nutrition. Mm-hmm. And I wanted a non-food pyramid degree, actually. Um, and did you have trouble finding that? Um, there are a few. I, I found, um, I ended up at Hawthorne University, which um, I, when I looked at their curriculum, was very well respected. And I look at their... Um, faculty members and they're respected in the community and as scientifically based. I didn't want something, you know, just a simple certification. I really wanted a little bit more academic in part to support my recommendations uh, within that, this traditional healthcare mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that to get more background, more knowledge, but also to gain some tools on how to assess um, particularly the nutritional piece, um, a little bit better um, for my physical therapy patients. Now, um, that's and, and I, I w- did some writing for a um, rehabilitation book. We, mm-hmm. a colleague in my, of of mine, and I wrote a section on recovering from repetitive strain injuries, which is really a neurological problem, mm-hmm. and the nutritional impacts on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to continue with those sore principles that I used in Soar into Health, expand on that, expand on that nutritional piece, and really bring it to a population within our healthcare community that I thought was not being served properly. Mm-hmm. So because a lot of physical therapy patients are driven by pain, mm-hmm. which um, can have a mechanical component for sure driving some inflammation, but really um, has a physiological component that is driven by not only nutrition, but lifestyle, um, lack of sleep, and uh, lack of movement. So those things kind of really come in together, but they can still present as pain. Right. So my thesis project was focusing in on um, trying to reduce pain naturally and promote healing naturally following an orthopedic injury or surgery. And my primary focus for my thesis work actually was trying to reduce the risk of chronic pain states, but also reduce the need for opioid and other pharmaceutical medications that have a long list of um, pretty significantly and severe uh, side effects. Mm -hmm. Um, And particularly I'd read some books on the opioid epidemic. And so that's really where, as I started doing my thesis work, that um, I was trying to really fit into the patients that I work with. Mm-hmm. Um, so so you not only saw a gap nutritionally, but you probably saw a significant gap with you know, doctors trying to, well, then doctors trying to cut back on opioids, trying to change the way they prescribe, and yet there wasn't really anything to replace that, right? Exactly. So, um, and my husband happens to be a surgeon, and I would talk to him, and we talked about all these lifestyle pieces, particularly nutrition, and he had had some patients who were, who were listening as, as had I, um, but with some of those chronic pain states, when you've had that injury or particularly when you're going into surgery, which is by all means a very stressful situation, 
Like there was all these gaps that um, I, I started to notice within the research literature where, and, and from practical standpoint, like we just weren't even addressing. We weren't addressing any of that. And we weren't talking to people about how they needed to incorporate things like animal protein for the amino acids to build and repair their surgical site. Right. Um, and as far as pain um, reducing techniques, we weren't talking about any techniques to really calm the nervous system that allowed them, because pain, particularly in the chronic pain state, but pain is really driven by your experience of pain, the mm-hmm. psychology of it, the um, central nervous system. <coughs> you know, we have the swelling and things like that that we need to work on dealing, and we just weren't even having this conversation. So I tried to put together a program that was, again, in, in line with my KISS principles, mm-hmm. was simple enough that people could look at it and say, I can do this. And what was neat about when I would do all the research on each separate segment, that even if you felt like you couldn't do it all at mm-hmm. once, that you do any one single singular component that fits within your lifestyle or that you feel like you can handle, your ability to reduce your pain and inflammation and promote healing naturally improves. Right. And I um, talk about the game of baseball. So the program is five steps. Mm-hmm. Um, eat well, move well, sleep well, connect well, and then supplement well. And you do any one of them, it's a base hit for baseball. You do two of them, it's a double. You do three of them, it's a triple. Four of them is a home run. You get all five and you get your grand slam. Mm-hmm. Right? Every piece of the, every piece of it from a research perspective, can absolutely stand help. Alone. Can stand, could alone. stand alone. Yeah, could stand alone and has demonstrated, science, research has demonstrated that it would improve. Right. So if you did nothing else but you did physical therapy, say, to promote your movement following a total knee replacement, your pain management is better, your outcomes are better, your, you know, all of that. But if you then add the eat well, the nutritional mm-hmm. component, mm-hmm. that you would then even further improve those right. benefits right because um, you know and at that time you know if we're talking about like a total knee replacement sleeping's hard because it's painful particularly mm-hmm. at night and you have that acute inflammatory pain state um which becomes difficult to manage but then you do these other things around it right that help aid still while one spot is still working its way out like you're having difficulty sleeping for a mm-hmm. bit well then i'm going to continue to try to eat well i'm going to try to get some sunshine and vitamin d um while i'm doing some of my exercises mm-hmm. and then um some of the um connection pieces um that i talk about are specifically geared towards like we mentioned before calming that nervous system mm-hmm. um and something as simple as diaphragmatic breathing mm-hmm. just taking a moment to have that um it's very grounding and i've had a lot of people who are in very acute pain states say that that is some of the best part about the program to hmm. break through that se- severe pain wow just by deep breathing wow yeah that's pretty amazing yeah and then i talk about some imagery and so that just like in the soaring to health book there's some very similar concepts mm-hmm. um for sure so you give, talking about the Connect Well piece, you give people sort of at home, really simple self-help steps. Absolutely. To break through their pain, kind of right there in the moment, right? Yes. Um, and, and remind them. And then I have, you know, as we've talked about before, 
the psychology of it, and this time around too, I mean, I wrote the book really more for myself Mm -hmm. and giving it to my kids, but I started to notice that the information alone wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. Some people really need, they need the scientific data to Mm -hmm. convince them. Some people need that, and we have access to the literature Mm -hmm. and on my website as well, you know, the data that I am pulling the recommendations from, the science, Um, but that some people need to feel really like they're in control of what they're doing. And so there's a lot of choice in here Mm -hmm. that you can choose from. Some people need um, more of the accountability structure, of which is kind of a challenge for me to put that together and still be um, my best, right, as who I am. But I do have... Um, you just like realize a, people need it. Maybe it's not yeah. your style, but yeah. you put that in there knowing Like that. accountability um, charts mm-hmm. and goal-setting forms. Um, and I plan on, as we start collecting more folks who have gone through the program, kind of like a Facebook support group of mm-hmm. people who've gone through the program and they can bounce ideas. Yeah. So that accountability piece for, for certain people can be really important in their success. Right. Um, and then there are those folks that are pretty independent mm-hmm. and they just want the information and they want their supplements. So um, what really makes this different, um, and, and we talk about, you know, I give um, information on the eat well, you know, foods to promote, mm-hmm. foods to avoid, um, and making sure that we're including animal protein. In this stage, <clears throat> excuse me, in this stage of the game, if you've really had a orthopedic injury or surgery, mm-hmm. animal protein is just a part of it. And right. having a serving of animal proteins with your fruits and vegetables and eating whole foods is, is an important part. Um, because I, as a general rule, I don't generally recommend um, supplements and protein powders because I think people get sidetracked. Mm-hmm. Um, although there is a place for them, for right, sure. Right. Um, <clears throat> but the supplement part, that was another thing as I was doing the research, not only on the pharmaceutical part um, and all the detriments of some of the pharmaceuticals, mm-hmm. even the NSAIDs, mm-hmm. and they're decreasing, although they decrease the inflammation, which in theory decreases pain, um, that it also decreases the healing process. Mm-hmm. And so your soft tissue repair isn't as strong. Right. And so I didn't, I mean, I kind of knew that before. I was more worried about what it did to the gut. Right. But um, from a physical therapy perspective, from a healing perspective, it decreases the ability to do that. Because the inflammatory response is part of the healing response, yep. right? So we need a certain amount of it. Um, and then the opioid pain medications mm-hmm. and all those kind of things, which we're all well aware. But then I started looking at the supplements and I said, wow, I mean, I don't understand why we're not using these more. And, you know, as far as if they do have a therapeutic effect... We have to take the right dosage, mm-hmm. and we have to get a good quality supplement, mm-hmm. which can be over-the-counter sometimes, but not always. Right. Um, so it needs to come from a reputable source. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, the dosing the dosing of, of it does matter, just like if we were trying to give the right type of medication to have a therapeutic benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I thought, I said, you know, I would do kind of versions of all of these different items. So the supplements are turmeric. I have a proteolytic enzyme, which is um, plant-based from pineapple mm-hmm. and papaya. Fish oil, um, an anti-inflammatory, much like the turmeric. Vitamin D3 has been associated not only with gut healing, but decreased pain. Mm-hmm. Um, vitamin C, 
um, I specifically have vitamin C, although it has promotes tendon healing and things mm-hmm. like that, but I specifically included vitamin C because of its therapeutic effect and reducing the risk of chronic pain states like chronic regional pain syndrome. Mm. Um, and then we have a broad spectrum probiotic. Mm-hmm. And as we've seen, and even more current research than I originally had, that it promotes the gut health, mental health, but also um, can reduce the risk of infections, actually. I don't know if you saw that one recently. For infants, a specific strain had reduced sepsis. Wow. Um, so, um, and then we put it in a simple packet mm-hmm. so that you have a daily packet that can be taking, taken either once a day or twice a day, depending on your condition or severity mm-hmm. or where you, where you are, based on an assessment that I do over the phone. Great. So, and so far, the feedback has been pretty good. What number of these components would you say most of your current clients are using and finding success? I would say a fair amount of them are trying to do almost all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have many who have essentially purchased the program because they want to try just the supplement pack. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had, it it really has varied. I had someone who really only did two of them, but, and, and actually, um, his was an ACL repair and he Mm -hmm. did the supplement and the eating. He really had to shift how he ate breakfast Mm -hmm. because he was a sugary cereal person. Mm -hmm. Um, but he's actually had the most profound, um, response. So So the supplements and then did he really just change his breakfast? Did he have to change a lot of other stuff? He said generally he ate real food for dinner. So okay. it was really the breakfast, lunch. And I said, well, really try to focus on making a real food breakfast right. rather than um, just eating cereal. So it can be simple, even within the one eating well. You yes. Know, just choosing one meal that really yeah. needs to be improved. Absolutely. And and then, um, you know, another one was a shoulder surgery and she was really struggling with pain and she was the one that had the deep breathing. Mm-hmm. She said that, you know, when I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm having so much pain, the deep breathing really seems to help me um, break through. Um, so sleep was a real problem for her because right. of the pain. Right. So I just, like you mentioned, giving her some tools. I mean, you're not going to eat in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, but that overall, I think that it's been really helpful at reducing her need for some of the other pain medications. Um, another person, um, has a different, has chronic, more of a chronic pain state. It wasn't acute Mm -hmm. injury or surgery. Um, and they have been able to half their NSAID use, Mm -hmm. um, by taking the supplements and started to adjust the eating a little bit, Mm -hmm. but sleeping and movement was already pretty good. They already had those things kind of dialed in. Um, and I think... I don't know that this patient um, really followed through with some of the mental imagery I was recommending. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I really think it was more the supplements. Um, but even just with the supplements was the main thing that he changed. And he was able to have his um, pharmaceuticals mm-hmm. and and got, got rid of his um, allergy medicine. Oh, wow. That's and so, a nice side effect. Yes. Huh? And so he was backing off some of those things. Um, and that he's like, you know, my pain's the same, which to him was really good. Right. He was really Coming. worried that if he came off all of those things, that his pain would start to go up. Right. 
and it really didn't. Well, you know what I find interesting working with patients similar similar to you, you know, as an acupuncturist, when you start decreasing someone or putting them on herbs or whatever you do and a couple weeks go by and they come in and they say, well, my pain's about the same. And you have to say, do you remember when you were taking four oxycodone a day or whatever, now yeah. you're taking one, Yeah. you've cut your medicine in thirds or in a quarter, yeah. down to a quarter, you're sleeping through the night and you're walking around the block. And yeah. You go, oh yeah. Yeah. But my pain's the same. But wait a minute, you know? Yeah. That the pain being the same with a dra- drastic decrease in meds and increase yep. in movement and increase in sleep. Sometimes we have to remind them that, you yeah. know? For sure. Yeah. Um and this was a um pretty independent patient and we weren't dealing with any um prescribed medications. This was all over the counter stuff and this was all himself driven right to really um because he i'd given him enough information mm-hmm. that there was um a problem you know that he maybe hadn't really realized right because that was what his he needed for his personality so i was pretty excited that those things started to occur and so each person has had a different response but all positive mm-hmm. different areas of the mm-hmm. program have affected mm-hmm. them absolutely um and so for now, the and and it's been relatively, um, what I would say is easy for them. They've mm-hmm. been able, depending, like we said, on their personality, they've been able to either pick what they feel like they can do, right. choose, or um, they have the accountability chart, mm-hmm. and they kind of check those things off, and it helps keep them on track mm-hmm. um, and keeps them thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Are so. you... Um, sort of following them and chatting with them periodically? Are there some that need more hand-holding than others? Um, some have needed a little bit more hand-holding, but in the early stages of this, it's really been more driven by my desire to know right. more specifics about their response. Right. Not because they've been reaching they out you. to me, right. because they either couldn't sort through the problem or they didn't understand mm-hmm. or that they were really having a complication. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So um, it's really been the hand-holding has really been more driven by me wanting to really understand what the response is, right. not because people have had a problem with it. They're figuring it out because yeah. I think it's pretty clear. You've got it broken down really nicely. Your um, dietary, I love the way you do your dietary recommendations where it kind of comes from just chunks of, you know, you choose from four or five groups. You get your protein, you get your fat, you get your, you know, carbohydrate. And it's just kind of easy. Talk a little bit about that and kind of where you got that idea. So again, this was a little bit of growth from the book Mm -hmm. where I um, had put together a list of whole food, nutrient Mm -hmm. density, and I had put it in order of um, nutrient richness. Mm -hmm. You know, so the focus on your foods was really to promote things that gave you the most vitamins and minerals Mm -hmm. and nutrients that um, are required for our normal physiological processes. And so I expanded on that a little bit. Um, and then I had read Rob Wolf's book on uh, Wired to Eat. Mm-hmm. And I had spoken with him because he came up with, and it's funny because I was doing exactly what he put in that chart. Right. You know, my breakfast is veggies, a protein, a fat to cook it in, some seasoning, mm-hmm. right? And I, I put it together and I call it breakfast. But it's a little chart so you can kind of... I'm not one that I like to keep things really simple. So if coming up with complicated recipes that you mm-hmm. have to change to me is a little bit more labor intensive, but for the majority of people may not be sustainable. 
Like yeah. we got to get just kind of a foundation. Absolutely. Um, so you have, you choose a protein, a veggie, a fat, and a season or spice, and then you put it in, you know, whatever combination suits you. Right. You know, and you try to just make it a little bit different each time. So you're not having spinach and chicken every single day mm-hmm. that you, right. But that you, um, people often complain that it gets really boring and sometimes you need inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, it's certainly not complicated. Right. Um, no, I think for sure if when they want to go out and buy some books and mm-hmm. start, you know, expanding their, their repertoire, they're yeah. welcome to. But I definitely find that, you know, as a mom shopping at the grocery store, you when you can finally figure out this is what my kids like, this is how I get the nutrient density in there. Yep. I buy my chicken breast, I buy my ground beef, I buy my this, I go to my vegetables, I buy this, yep. this, this. And you know, obviously we want to get some more variety in there maybe then but this is such a great way to start off because for anyone trying to eat well, it's just Four things. I got to think about four things, and the combination of all these things is probably thousands of right, different. Right. It's that factorial. Meals. Right. Yeah. It's that factorial of options. And um, to be clear, although in my meal planning sex chart I don't include fruit, mm-hmm. um, I, I generally reserve fruit as a little bit of a side mm-hmm. or it's a snack mm-hmm. um, in its whole form. But it's usually not something that you're cooking directly with your main your main dish. Right. Um, and then I always have salad on hand Mm -hmm. I mean you know so whatever my main dish then I here's some salad greens and I vary what's in that Mm -hmm. um and then I add what you and I consider healing recipes in there so that we have some broth based foundation so I have Mm -hmm. a vegetable broth and a bone broth Mm -hmm. recipe um and then I have a antioxidant smoothie because I know that smoothies sometimes just are you know, when you are busy, it can be something easy to grab and go. Yeah. Um, do you use a, you know, I know you said you don't love protein powders. Do you use any protein powders or recommend any? So actually in here, although it's not considered in my supplement well part, um, as far as what goes in the smoothie, if there was anything um, related to that orthopedic healing is the collagen mm-hmm. hydrosylate mm-hmm. Um, and or um, pure aloe vera juice are um, okay. the two that I um, have on here mm-hmm. um, that can be added because aloe vera is very good for wound healing um, mm-hmm. as well as gut healing. Again, it's just one of those things where you just have to make sure you read the ingredients and the um, hydrosylate good brands are Great Lakes brand and the vital proteins are ones that I've used. Mm-hmm. But again, it's optional. You know, to me, if you're eating some animal protein and healthy fats mm-hmm. and real food, mm-hmm. um you don't have to go the extra step necessarily, but you can. What about bone broth? Is that kind of a and bone important? broth? If you're including, yep, I have that in there. If you're yeah. including bone broths in your general menu, then you know the things like the collagen hydrosylate, mm-hmm. like you're kind of getting some of those right. things um, components in there. Particularly so what's the big? So what's the big deal with bone broth? <laughs> what's the big deal with bone broth? It's like the latest craze. So why are we so excited about it? Um, I think we're excited about it because of all the healing properties that go along with it. And again, I promote trying to get the things in their whole form. Right. Um, and so I bring up that we're talking about the, um, you know, amino acids or protein powders or mm-hmm. the collagen that are so important for healthy skin and wound healing and hair and nails that making a good bone broth allows you to get those things 
in their more natural form. Than a powder or something. And then, a, then, then a powder. And, um, and there are even some really good brands now mm-hmm. that come frozen yep. or in, in the container. What is it called? Fire and Ice, uh-huh. I think. Um, fire, kettle, kettle, kettle and kettle Fire. Kettle and Fire. Kettle, yeah, Kettle and Fire, I think. Yeah, and so, but they, it, it's a way to make your rotisserie chicken, um, if you buy an organic chicken, mm-hmm. a whole chicken, and you roast it for mm-hmm. your family, I think I wrote, um, it's not specifically in here, but it's like one, you can take that meal, you have your chicken one dinner with your vegetables, mm-hmm. then you take the carcass, you turn it into a bone broth, mm-hmm. and then it becomes your soup. Right. And you can either throw your leftover chicken into mm-hmm. it and all your vegetables. So I, it's it's also a way, a lot of people say that eating real food also is expensive. And I can't debate that an organic apple is slightly more expensive than a regular apple but there are ways to make your food go that much longer and if you're going to invest in the organic free range thing put it into a bone broth freeze it use it for soups and broths and chilies where come stews and you've just increased your nutrient density dramatically um the gut healing properties and the thing is it's like with all of this you know like everyone's like oh it's a new fad no, this isn't it's new. It's traditional eating. It's traditional it's eating. It's what we've lost. Yeah, it's what we lost. I was actually, um, this is kind of an aside, but I'm um, talking about offal, which is the edible organs right. of an animal, right. things like liver. Um, and I remember um, going out to a, it was a lunch with my father, mm-hmm. and um, he was worried that there wasn't going to be anything paleo on the menu mm-hmm. or gluten-free whole right. foods, you know, right. on the menu. And, of course, we open up the menu, and I'm like, Dad, if we're going to a restaurant, they usually serve real food, right? Like, it's not going to be a problem. I'll be right. totally fine. I'll right. be able to find something. And um, the it was chicken livers was on the menu, uh-huh. right? And we were, like, in Napa Valley or something, right. so it was from some local place. Yeah. And I was like, see, and you were worried I wasn't going to have anything to eat. And he actually loves liver. My yeah. mom hates it. Uh-huh. I, I don't love it, I have to admit. Right. But I'm I'm game for just right. about anything if it's going to be good for me. So we, we shared the chicken livers. But as we were talking, even my dad was talking about how when his mom used to go to the butcher shop uh-huh. growing up, you'd have all of the, the organ meats and right. the offal and the beef bones for mm-hmm. broths and stuff just right there in your... It would just come in the local it. butcher. Right. It was just right, right there, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, that's so funny. I, I, the only place I can find those things is like hidden in a back freezer at Whole Foods. Like yeah. it's not the right. mainstay of our diet, and it used to be. Right. Yeah, and I'm sure. You I know, mean, a lot not of our that parents, long ago. Exactly. A lot of our our parents in their 60s and 70s, all a lot of them grew up eating liver, and some yeah. of them maybe still don't like it, but a lot of them it was just normal, and it yeah. was kind of a comfort food. And I mean, I know of like grandmas that I talked to that they craved it during pregnancy and they yeah. I mean all these really natural ways of eating that you know there's a lot of reasons why that's gone I mean some of them are like factory farming and so yeah. much you know diminishment of the local farms and stuff like that there's a lot of reasons why it's gone but I think just the culture and yeah. just that we made it yucky you yeah. know and uh convenience and yeah. all that um you know I mean you talk a lot about getting you know, having the muscle meat from the animals that we need those amino acids. We also are getting amino acids from the cartilage and the other parts of the animal. In the bone broth. And that we have to balance because if we're only eating muscle meat, that's also not good for us. Which is also why, again, my my program is not saying that all you're doing is eating 
meat and animal products. It's mm-hmm. still fruits, vegetables, because right. all those micronutrients are important for your detoxification pathways mm-hmm. and energy and water-soluble, fat-soluble vitamins. And and one of the things is, um, speaking of the bone broth, the other thing that is incredibly powerful mm-hmm. with the bone broth, if you can handle those long bones the from good beef marrow right. bones, um, but the marrow yeah. is just another powerhouse of nutrient density and healing. Mm-hmm. But the thing is about this program, we're talking about some of this traditional food, mm-hmm. is that even if that sounds scary to you, like even if you just make some foundational changes of yeah. just eating a real food product, yep. you are going to dramatically improve your healing capabilities and your ability to reduce your pain naturally. Absolutely. Even if you don't go so far as the bone broth. Like I get it. That, that might be right. If the word it, liver just turned you off, yeah. you know, realize Please that. Please don't. We're having this conversation and it is a part, it can be a part of your mm-hmm. program, but it doesn't have to be. Right. And that's, I think that's a really important piece. And maybe in some of the growth that I've come from, from my original book is again, that the research does support that you do any one of these components mm-hmm. and you improve your healing and you can nat- uh, facilitate natural pain reduction. Absolutely. Um, whereas so some of the herbs you talk about in there are great anti-inflammatories and um, they don't work right away though, right? You got to take them over time. You know, it's interesting. I recently went to a um, conference on mm-hmm. mechanical diagnosis and treatment mm-hmm. of which there was a physiatrist there, a PMNR physician who went through all of the pain medications. Mm-hmm. I mean, our idea is that if we're giving an opioid or a pain medication, that it's truly shutting your pain off, right? Like I'm going to take this pill and in a few minutes to an hour, my pain's going to be gone. Right. It never works that way. Right. It may turn it down a little bit, mm-hmm. but it doesn't abolish it. Right. And in fact, it's not even as effective at abolishing any of our pain or turning our pain down as we think it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the literature he, excuse me, literature reviews he went through, um, looking at all the data on the different pain medications, really give it, uh, it just, it, it's not as effective as mm-hmm. we think it is. Mm-hmm. So when people ask me, well, is I'm gonna take this healing packet, it's gonna shut my pain off, right? No, it, it, it's almost like I compare it to you know, a roller coaster of the up and down mm-hmm. versus like a gradual decline where overall, while you're going up and down with some of the opioids and you're not healing, you kind of stay in the same average. Mm-hmm. Whereas with this over time, as things really are supported with the healing, the pain generally slowly. Mm-hmm. So it's not a dramatic turnoff. Right. Um, and it's not designed to be. Right. In fact, I think in the acute stage, you actually want that pain so that you will have a behavioral response mm-hmm. to slow down. Right. Right. So a lot of times we want to shut it all off so we can keep working or something. And in these acute phases, we need to say, all right, my body needs a break. I need to take it easy mm-hmm. because, um, oh, I forget what his name was. Um, he did all those behaviors, um, how to raise happy, healthy kids. Um, shoot. Remember. Anyways, it, um, It'll, it'll come to me. Mm-hmm. But he talks about fast is slow, slow is fast. Mm-hmm. And that as you try to make a change or do something fast, you end up slowing yourself way down. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you take the time to slowly do something and think about it and give yourself time, that your overall recovery or 
um, whatever your goal was is faster, mm-hmm. right? Whereas if you try to do it quickly, like taking popping a pill to just shut everything right. off rather than actually taking a moment to listen to your body, mm-hmm. that you slow yourself way down by trying to quickly do something versus more of a gradual. So this is not, this is not going to be first day you start taking this. It's going to shut your pain down. Right. No, it's it's we're going for that overall gradual, so that when you're done six twelve weeks. You're going to be overall in a much better place, mm-hmm. not addicted to pain medicine. You're going to be, your healing process is going to be much stronger. You're going to be moving better. Less likely to relapse. Um, less, less likely, likely to, re- have to have recurrent surgeries, right? Yes. Yes. So that it's, um, over time, it's overall the better for outcomes and as a preventative measure for those mm-hmm. chronic pain states. Mm-hmm. Um, and then hopefully people start to pick up on some of the things they start doing for their healing process that they start incorporating into their, to life. their lives. For, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, so it's not a quick shut off. But um, again, like you said, the pain meds are shown to not really work that well anyway. You mm-hmm. know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of there's a lot to say for that. So when people go into this saying, oh, well, you know, it doesn't shut my pain off right away, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah. We need to, again, sort of remind people, you know, how, how much relief do you really get from your pain med? Does it just knock you out? Does it, you know, what is that really doing? Yeah. And then when they, I think what's fascinating to learn is that we don't use, like you said, we don't heal as well, you know, with some of those meds for a number of reasons. Yep. It, um, you know, it can cause relapse. It can cause, you know, tissue doesn't heal. We shut that pain, that inflammatory response off too much, yep. which is what's nice with um, herbs and natural therapies is that there is a, a, you know, quelling of the inflammatory response, but it doesn't shut it off entirely. And, you know, herbs have different and components somehow, and, that and, and work things together. like turmeric and curcumin, which mm-hmm. is uh, um, the active part of the turmeric root. Um, when I was looking into the research, I was like, well, if it really is like a COX-2 inhibitor, like some mm-hmm. of those pharmaceuticals, how come they don't see, I couldn't find anything that demonstrated that they had the same, like you said, the same inability of the soft tissue healing that you do with say an NSAID or a true COX-2 right. inhibitor, right. because it's just calming it down enough, mm-hmm. yet not turning it off to inhibit the actual healing process. Um, and the other interesting thing about turmeric that I came across is its impact on gut healing properties, mm-hmm. which I thought was really pretty cool. I hadn't realized because I was looking at it as purely an anti-inflammatory right, right. and you wonder if it's anti-inflammatory response has more to do with its healing properties to the gut mm-hmm. than it actually does shutting down the cox too, but that you're healing Yep. The gut lining a little bit more. Well, that's the other fabulous thing about natural medicines is that they tend to have side effects that are actually good. Yeah. You know? And mm-hmm. then we can look at it and go, well, we don't know if it's one of these four or five things that is shutting off your pain or, you mm-hmm. know, reducing your inflammation, but it could be any of these four or five things. And you could be getting, you know, some liver detoxification benefits, yep. some gut healing benefits, you yeah. know? So lots of, versus a drug where you're getting side effects to the negative. Yeah. You've got all these side effects to the positive. And a lot of the um, like opioid medications um, and the other meds that are used to turn off pain operate within the central nervous system, mm-hmm. which is another reason why I've included things like fish oil. Mm-hmm. Those omega-3 fatty acids mm-hmm. also calm the nervous system mm-hmm. without directly blocking a, a cell receptor right. the way an opioid got it would. Um and so that, that helps just calm your nervous system and also facilitates healing mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited That's... about this this program. And I think there's a lot of promise. And for sure, when I started doing the research, I'm mm-hmm. like, why is there nothing here? Like in this space, mm-hmm. I couldn't... It's like a huge gap. There's a huge gap. And a lot of 
I think the biggest barrier um, that I have I have as far as selling it it um, within that healthcare community is that they look at the supplements as alternative mm-hmm. care. And as you know, that these things, all the science is supporting these things, um, that this is not really, con- in my mind, this shouldn't be considered alternative anymore. Right. Right. This is where science is coming and demonstrating that for sure we can do no harm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not, I'm not asking for somebody to suffer through pain, mm-hmm. but you don't die of pain. Mm-hmm. You can die of an opioid overdose mm-hmm. and a heroin addiction. Like you can die. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to just look a little bit differently. And that's what I try to do here is that let's understand the pain process a little bit more to understand what's normal. I mean, it's much like stress. What's what what it, What pain means harm mm-hmm. that we really need help for versus pain that means this hurts. And that I'm just going to get off of it and go sit down. Yes. Right. That I'm going to listen to it and take a break, move a little bit with the pain versus, mm-hmm. you know, an infection pain. Yes, we need some antibiotics. We right. need to, I have a fever, there's oozing, things like that versus right. um, what pain is harmful and what pain just means I need to take a break and this hurts. Right. It's the same like we talked about with the stress. You know, there are situations where stress really can be harmful, but most of the time it can just mean I need to start paying attention to what this means for me right. and, and to acknowledge it and reach out or something. Right. So where are you starting off with this? Where are you taking this? How can people so get a hold of this stuff? Right now I am doing uh, including this program as part of my consultation service. Um, and you can reach me at drcarolindolan.com um, to see if, if this is the right fit for you mm-hmm. based on your condition. There's a little questionnaire to go through to ask some questions. I mean, if you have an allergy to marine fish or corn, a true allergy, mm-hmm. um, or even the corn might not be the problem, but, um, oh, like if you have pineapple allergy, I don't. Even, that's not even very common. But yeah. if you happen to be somebody who right, is right. allergic, then this isn't the right fit for you. Um, but you can reach me at drcarolindolan.com. It is always recommended that if you are going through surgery that you consult with your doctor before starting a supplement program. What's cool about this program is that you can start steps one through four well before surgery right? and start the supplement pack afterwards after mm-hmm. discussing with your doctor. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, but that my, my primary um, connection here is through the website. And you can reach out to me that way and schedule and then you will get a packet that includes 30 to 60 day supply of the supplements. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and after our interview process, I kind of personalize each, each um, component section for you, mm-hmm. um, depending on your condition, you right. know, where I want you to focus a little bit more on say eating breakfast. If you're mm-hmm. a cereal eater, then we're just going to focus there right. or depending on your condition, a specific movement strategy and tips, maybe depending on where you are to improve your sleep, if that's needed. Mm-hmm. And then ideas on that connect well, where it seems like based on your condition might be best to focus your time. Like if you are going to have surgery, mm-hmm. that's going to be painful. I'll focus in on that diaphragmatic breathing. If you're a high level athlete that's being derailed by an injury, then I will also include that motor imagery piece. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a person who prays a lot or that that's something that really seems to mm-hmm. calm you, then we'll right. say focus there. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you are somebody who needs to be with people, then we'll try to find a way or recommendations to uh, bring that to you. Right. Um, so, and then I've got some other things 
going mm-hmm. as, as to trying to get this to more people. Right. Um, I don't know where those are going to lead yet, but right. uh, there's some discussions going on how to get this to more people because I think it's important mm-hmm. that more people get this information. But right now, one-on-one with consulting you. with me. Over what, a month or two months or so about? Um, it, it, right now, it's the one-time consultation mm-hmm. fee, but that I am available via mm-hmm. email um, mm-hmm. to communicate if needs arise. Right. But that it is assumed that if you're having, say, a total knee replacement, mm-hmm. That this is a complement to your normal physical therapy care. Right. Right. Um, so it's based on a one-on-one consultation sort mm-hmm. of thing. But it's basically just trying to set you up so you can be independent with this, but continue along the traditional pathways. Just supplement what they're already doing. and I don't like the word supplement. I feel like it's a complement. It, yeah. it really optimizes. It's a complement to whatever that traditional yeah. care is going on. So if you have... Um, I'm going to be working with somebody who has a repetitive strain injury, mm-hmm. which is more of a neurological issue, mm-hmm. but that, again, all these lifestyle components promote um, the brain health so that you can learn differently and avoid those painful strategies. Right. So they'll still be doing but the, But he, is, he was referred by mm-hmm. a physical therapist, so right. he's carrying on with his normal traditional mm-hmm. Physical therapy. And as a physical therapist yourself, you won't be doing the hands-on, but you understand Correct. what they're doing, and you can work Correct. really closely with them. Yeah. yeah. So um, so I, my, most of my referrals are either self-referrals from patients who have heard about that, mm-hmm. heard about this system from other healthcare providers or friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's open to all. Mm-hmm. So if you have a painful condition or you're curious what um, this program can do for you, please reach out. So it can be preventative, doesn't have to be surgery necessarily. Injury can be getting ready for surgery, um, yep. chronic, maybe even chronic pain. Absolutely. Chronic injuries, stuff like that. So chronic, chronic all pain, pain and injury, basically. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. That's fabulous. I think you're filling in a wonderful gap that's much needed in our yeah. medical field. And I'm really excited for you. And I yeah. wish you tons of luck. This should go far. Yeah. Well, I've been um, pleasantly surprised at... Um, how well people have been responding. Mm-hmm. Um, and even people who just want an alternative supplement to having to take NSAIDs after a hard workout. Right. You know, so um, it, it's it been pretty good and no adverse reactions, which mm-hmm. is what I was worried that someone might um, have a reaction. But Great. Um, yeah. So please reach out. You can reach me, drcarolyndolan.com specifically for the Soar into Healing program. Um, you can also reach me on Facebook, Dr. Carolyn Dolan, Instagram. Um, you can follow me there. I do have, um, clearly you're already listening to this podcast, <laughs> but we do have, I do have a podcast where I talk about specific topics of interest that relate to healing and life and recovery. <clears throat> um, Soaring Life Radio podcast. Am I missing anything else? Um, oh, my blog spot. I was going to share my blog spot. Okay. So drcarolyndolan.com is my website specifically for the Soar into Healing program. Right. But I do have a blog spot at renosoar, um, like a bird, S-O-A-R, dot com. Okay. Fabulous. Yeah. Thank you very All much. Right. Thank you. That was fun. Yeah. Good luck to you. Thank you. All right.